from the Grexley Studios at the Catholic TV Center, it's the K&J Show with your hosts, Kevin and Jay. And hello, I'm Jay, joined by Kevin. <laughs> Welcome to the K&J Show. Hope that everything is going good for you. And I'm laughing because I just said to Kevin, he said, well, my mic's a little low. I said, well, do you want to fix it? And he said, no, no, I'll, I'll just let it go. And then we start the show and you decide you're going to fix it. <laughs> right as we were starting, Jay, I'm sorry. I just, you know, it's, I don't know who was in here earlier, but the, the mic is just really low. So I wasn't sure I was going to be able to figure it out. And then the last minute things just fell into place and bam, it is right where I want to be. <laughs> hey, how you doing, by the way? How are things going? I'm doing great, Jay. You're I'm looking good. good. Thank you. Uh, All vaccinated? Uh, no, no. I, You're not? No. I don't know why I'm in the room with you then. Yeah, I know. Because I, I am. Yeah, I'm not in any category yet. So I, I'm, Oh, you're in some categories. I'm with the general population here in Massachusetts. Um, well, isn't that pretty much everyone now? <laughs> I know. It's funny how different states are doing different things, you know. So so Emily got her first shot down in Tennessee. My son uh, gets his first shot uh, today as we're doing this show. Wow. So what's the deal? Why am why can't I get it? I shot? don't know because Shirley got hers too. You know how Shirley got hers? She got on a list if people don't show up. Oh, okay. And so she got uh, I'm sorry, if I don't want to bother you drinking your coffee over there. That's okay. Um yeah, so that's how she got hers. So she's so actually everyone but Ethan in my family has now as of today will be have at least the first dose. I've had yeah. both, and I'm way past. Wow, that's wow. I'm, yeah, I'm, I feel left out now. And <laughs> your your wife Mary has gotten vaccinated, right? Yeah, she got vaccinated because uh, she's a nurse. Yeah, she's a nurse. So back in uh, I don't know whatever January or something. So this really is just you. Yeah. Uh, well, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, he's the hole in the boat. Uh, yeah, we both. Um, but I mean. I'm not as old as you, Jay, so my... Uh, I, <laughs> you don't have as many morbidities I, I, yeah, as me. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, but uh, so the phase that I'm in is with the general public, unfor you know, well, not unfortunately. <laughs> I love to be with the general public. So. Yeah. Sorry, general public. You're just an average <laughs> Joe. But and, soon. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, um, soon. You know, so I, I registered... They open it up here in Massachusetts. They open it up uh, a couple of weeks ago that you could register, and then they just send you alert when it, your time's um, it's your turn. They're teasing uh, you. Yeah, but I knew I wasn't going to be in the category until when when they open it up. And I think they open up to the public April nineteenth. Nineteenth, yeah. yeah. For me, what was interesting was that the only thing that it affected me with was my arm was sore, even the second one. Because some people, especially I think people who have had COVID before, sorry, Kev. Um, the second shot really uh, can sometimes make them not feel well. So this is what I'm not looking forward to, Jay. Well, I would um, need Yeah, uh, talk to, uh, uh, I, I might have told you this, but Mary, uh, on both her shots, um, uh, had a fever, um, felt horrible, lasted for about a day for each shot. And she had COVID also. And she had COVID. Yeah, that, that's what they say. And, and it, it depends, which one did she get? Ooh, that's a good question, James. How long between the shots? Maybe it was... I, Moderna's Pfizer? four weeks, Pfizer's three, usually. Yeah, might have been Pfizer. Okay, that's what I had. I had yeah. Pfizer, but no problems. I yeah. Clear sailing. Yeah. But I am the perfect meal specimen. <laughs> At least I keep telling myself that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, well, because I have COVID now, I'm, like, I'm afraid to get this thing. But, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... Well, so today, as we were getting ready, we we're doing another show together, and uh, you said, 
do you want to do a podcast? And I said, sure, what's the topic? And you said, I have a good one. Then you didn't tell me the topic. So I said, okay, and here we sit. What's the topic? So this is a this is actually a great topic. Um, it, it's um, very thought provoking. It's very it's it's something that I, I think people actually should really know about. You're really selling um, this. Yeah. Uh, so let me just read a little bit of this. This is uh, from a poll that Gallup did, and it came out just recently. And it found that a proportion of Americans who consider themselves members of a church, synagogue, or mosque has dropped below fifty percent. It is the first time that has happened since Gallup first asked the question in 1937 when church membership was 73%. And in recent years, the research data has shown a seismic shift in the U.S. population away from religious institutions and toward general disaffiliation, a trend that analysts say could have major implications for politics, business, and how Americans group themselves. Uh, in 2020, 47% of Americans said they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. The polling firm also found that the number of people who said religion was very important to them has fallen to 48%, and that's a new low uh, in the polling since 2000. And just one other uh, fact here, Gallup's uh, data finds that church membership is strongly correlated with age. So 66% of American adults born before 1946 belong to a church compared with 58% of baby boomers. That's your generation, right? I'm a boomer. 50% of generation X, that's me, and 36% of millennials. Uh, Wait a second. We're not, you're not a boomer too? I'm not a boomer. You must have just missed, uh, missed the cutoff. Well, listen, you know, I did. Yeah. You're a boom X. I think it goes to 65 and I was born 66. Oh, Okay. Well, I mean, there is there is a lot. First of all, my first reaction to that is sadness. Yes. Uh, because I'm one of those people who does belong to a church. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm, I'm sad because uh, you, you'll always hear people who say, well, you know, I'm spiritual. Yeah. I'm spiritual. Well, there's, a, there's a difference, I, I think at least. Yeah. That doesn't make, by the way, doesn't make that person a bad person. No. And that's, and that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that I believe in what I believe as do uh, Jewish people and Muslim people. They believe in that for a very real and concrete reason. And yeah. they, a lot of times, live their life based upon the tenets of that faith. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think as Catholics and Christians, and too, I, I think we believe that, uh, well, I know we believe um, that uh, Jesus wanted us to be in community to um, support each other to to be a part and and grow the church together. Um, so that's something that's um, very strong in, in in Catholic faith and stuff. And to see th these numbers like this, um, it is very disheartening. But um, something that uh, you can't dwell on. You just got to keep on living your faith, and hopefully, uh, by doing that, um, you draw other people into it. And I, you know, there's a there's a bunch of different things. I mean, we could talk about some of the things that we think why this has happened, um, you know, with, um, I know a lot of people will mention secular culture um, and the influence that has had uh, on society. And, um, you know, people have gradually, and you've seen it in, in different things, uh, kind of sort of uh, drifted away. And, and, and also self-infliction uh, with the, some of the things that have happened, uh, particularly for, for our knowledge in the Catholic Church as well, has, um, I think, uh, turn people away, you know, with the clergy sex abuse crisis and 
Uh, oh, I think that was a, a big huge, part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the trust factor. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and and unfortunately, in the in these times, um, where you kind of need the church as a moral figure in in American society and society in the world in general, uh, it's been damaged. You know, they lost their voice. Yes, yeah. In, in many ways, I, what I would like to see, though, with that survey, and and you know me, I'm, I'm always a little hesitant on surveys, because I've seen it so politics in particular, where you say, well, this person's going to win and that person's going to win, and then they don't win. It's not even close. Okay. Uh, so I'm always a little hesitant. I would like to see how many people, w w now do things online. Yeah. So you don't belong to a church, but maybe you belong to a church you don't even. For instance, watching the mass, people who might watch the mass online or, or might do this, or um, but but I can absolutely see how young people who are so distracted and it's it really has become. They used to say the me generation, now it's the I generation. I think, and it's I I I. Uh, people don't take responsibility that if something goes wrong in their lives, it's not them, it's someone else. Um, and everyone feels as if they deserve something, uh, that no matter what happens, you you deserve it. You not not deserve what happened to you, but I deserve to get this and I deserve to get that. And I was brought up in a generation where you had to work for what you got. And it wasn't about you. It was about the uh, collective good of everybody else. I, I think that's a, a key to in, in the societies you say. I think a lot of people um, think they can do it on their own, you know, um, and I think that plays into this whole re religion uh, and, and turning away from uh, organized religion is that people, you know, hey, I, I don't need a church, you know, I, yeah. I can be spiritual on my own. I can do my, uh, I don't need, I don't need other things. I can do things. I could talk own. to God. If I want to talk to God, I could talk to God. Yeah. You hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hear the thing you always hear is, is, you know, I'm a spiritual person. That's that's what you you hear a lot these days. And especially with young people where even the environments they're in now, I think that it's very difficult for them because it's hard to say that you follow anything. I'm not even talking at church, but anything in general, when you say you you believe in something or you follow something, people will say, oh, you don't have your own mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think this goes much deeper than just faith life. I think this goes into all parts of society where, well, we're in the cancel cancel culture right now. Yeah. So it's impossible to really even talk about anything because if you do, a lot of times people say, "Well, that's not what I think." So, you, in other words, since I don't think that, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. There's no conversation. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I think over the years too, um, in, you know, in good things and, and, and bad as well with, with, uh, so many different distractions that we talk about distractions too a lot. And I think it's a lot, um, you, you mentioned technology and, you know, it's also whatever sports growing up as kids and stuff. I, I think people have a lot that they do and unfortunately it's they're not they don't prioritize you know spending a, a little time during the week to either you know attend a service or um, you know be part of a, a community. They're just kind of focused on their lives and and what they need to do yep. next, where where they need to go, yep. um, and 
you know, unfortunately over the years, it's kind of put God on the back burner. I agree with that 100%. And, uh, and even though you're Generation X, you'll remember this. <laughs> I, as a boomer, will clearly remember this. Uh, when there used to be nothing open on Sunday. Yeah. And yeah, because of yeah. that, uh, it was a family day. Yes. So families would get together. They would eat together, going to church, uh, going out, walking together. Because there was nothing to do except be together. And it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. Now, kids in particular, they're they're playing a sport. You could watch sports too. You still could watch football. But they're playing sports. They're working. Kids work all the time now. Uh, I have to tell you, for my, my kids, right, um, James works Saturday and Sunday uh, because he, he's in college, but he works during the weekend. Um, Ethan has athletic events on the weekends. And... Amelia works also on the weekends. These kids, we think that we make these great jumps by, look at us, aren't we, aren't we advanced because now it's seven days a week? Well, I actually think we took a step back Yeah. because we, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be happy. And what we thought would make us happy was opening up everything so we could do all of these, go to the bank or or go to the stores or do all of this on this on Sunday. Well, it didn't make us happy. Yeah. What it did instead was it made us busy and it took away that community spirit, getting together with friends and family. And we're, it just made us more busy. So now there's no time to do anything. Yeah. And, and that I think it it played into everything too, as you say, like, the, I don't know if other states, what they call it. So I remember the blue laws here in, in Massachusetts and, uh, when um, you couldn't open for Sundays or holidays. You know, now everything's open on holidays. Do you now remember it, the first thing was that they opened? Do you remember what the first thing was? Liquor stores. Liquor stores. Yeah. Liquor stores because people had to get to the liquor stores. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't go Friday and maybe buy the liquor for Saturday and or go Saturday and buy the liquor for Sunday. Nope, had to be open on Sunday. Yeah. And then you know they started eating away at, at holidays at, um, at you know like Thanksgiving. Uh, all of a sudden now you know people trying to open stores, so you get Black Friday a little earlier every year and, and things like that. Uh, and, and everybody and it's kind of played into it, a gradual shifting of thought. Uh, where is it, you know it just becomes commonplace, and you don't really think about what you're thinking about, Jay, about what it used to be like, and and how much time people used to have to sort of spend some time together, and, and it's creeped into as we were mentioning too. Uh, pe- people didn't think twice about um, scheduling games, or you know maybe you know have a games in the afternoon on Sunday or something. Take you know leave a Sunday morning open or something like that. Uh, you know now it's like. You're you're forced to try to figure out your your kid's schedule to to you know get to your games or get to your you know activity and nothing special anymore. Yeah, because you can't focus on it. For instance, you you talk about Thanksgiving, and I think it's even starting to happen, creep in with Christmas. You can't call it Christmas anymore for or Merry Christmas, but people people are doing that again, which is nice. But the thing about it is Thanksgiving is special, but it's becoming just another day. Yeah. Uh, and now now I think what has happened is people are so busy that when you come up to Christmas or Thanksgiving, and, and we're, we're just saying Christian holidays here, but Yom Kippur or what, whatever it might be, it's it becomes almost a hassle 
because you're so busy that it's now just another thing that you've got to try to fit in to everything else going around. So you, you have to, in, instead of saying, oh boy, Thanksgiving's coming up, let's cook the pies, let's do, it's no, we've got to go here, we've got to go here, well, I'm going to go shopping there, I'm going to go there. Nothing special. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really sad, and I think that plays into uh, these um, polls that we were seeing too. And unfortunately, um, you know, all these little pieces, they add up and they kind of, you know, affect people and people might not even know it's affecting them. Well, isn't that the trick, Kevin? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that the trick? Uh, and, and I'm going to sound paranoid here, but when people want to do things that most people find uh, objectionable at first, they take a piece. Yeah. And eventually people say, well, that that's okay. You know, that I'm still, I'm still alive. Yeah. And then they take another piece and then, and next thing you know, there's no pieces left. And there you stand, you say, oh, I wish it was like it used to be. Yeah. So. And they don't necessarily know, like we were saying, that it it happened this way until people really think about what it was and, and what they've lost. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what the, I, I think, like I was saying too, it's, uh, you know, it's something that I think the churches and, you know, synagogues and mosques have to sort of, uh, I don't know, target or, or think about when they when they think about uh, how to reach people and, and realize uh, or teach people to realize how important community and faith is in, in their lives. And, you know, without that, if you're just living your life to get ahead to, you know, make your first million or whatever, or set yourself up from retirement, uh, there's something lost there. And, you know, you lose a little bit of the joy of of life. Well, I also think that that all of those that you just mentioned, church, synagogue, mosques, um, have done a very poor job with new media. Yeah. I think what, what is, because I think they all have to take the blame too. And why I say that is because everyone was doing good. Uh, churches, mosques, uh, synagogues, very crowded, people were going. And I think that to, to use the fra fa uh, phrase fat and happy, where as things change... I'm going to sound like you said fat and happy. No, no, no. <laughs> he's not happy right now. As things started to change, instead of adapting, and not adapting the tenets of the faith, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that because you shouldn't. What I'm saying is, though, you have to adapt to the times. And so what does that mean? That means that you've got to use new media. You need to have good websites. You, you need to make sure that people are able to hear the message. And what I think all of the faith started doing, and a lot of other things too, by the way, that, that have somewhat drifted, is they said, well, no, people are going to come to me. Well, they don't have to anymore. you got to go find those people. Yeah. And especially for uh, the Generation Z. Is it Generation Z, I guess? I uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Generation yeah. Z. Or younger, let's just say. Young adults. You better be where they are because they're not used to doing what you and I are used to doing. Yeah. They're used to another way. So unless you get out there and do that, then you're not going to find them. Mm. So we've done, a, I think, a poor job as, as faith, faith organizations. Uh, and I'm not talking about, uh, let's say, a, a good example is Catholic TV, which I think has done a, a good job at that. But I think in general... You're, you're a little biased there. Maybe a little bit. But... But the numbers bear it out. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we have to accept 
that times have changed and that we need to use technology to reach people. For instance, a lot of times, people, everyone brings, has their phones at all times. Yeah. Right. And clearly during a religious service, you should not be using your phone. But at the beginning of the religious service, wouldn't it be great if, if uh, the person who was running it came out and said, take out your phone, put on your, all your feeds right now that you're at church. Just say, I'm at church and glad to be here. Then everyone you know, you're evangelizing to hundreds of thousands of millions of people. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to take your phone out and smash it or something like that. I don't think you, I don't know if you agree with me with that though. Just anytime someone says interesting, you say, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying during mass, I'm saying yeah, before yeah, mass even no. starts. I'm I, at mass. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. I'm at mass. Text. Put it on your Facebook page right now or put it on a text or do put it on Twitter. I'm at Mass right now enjoying the experience. Wish you were here. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, I'm at Mass right now. Boy, this homily is going on forever. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is counter to what I'm trying to do here. But do you see what I'm saying? Yes. No. Use technology. Yeah. Because if, if not, we are just in a church with a diminishing population not reaching out to a new population because we need to welcome people. You need to welcome. They need to know that they're welcome and that they can, that they can go. And I think this uh, gets back to, to the core of it too. I'm going back underlying technology itself, but just the simple little things that evangelize people just by the way people act, by the way, you know, they, they treat others. Um, by the way, they uh, say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to mass. Uh, it's Holy Thursday or Good Friday or something. I'm going to go to mass and, and and not be afraid of that. Not try to, you know, sneak <laughs> sneak there or not tell anybody or yeah. you know, a, a, or a blessing at a restaurant before your meal. Uh, mm -hmm. Little things that that show people that and and, and kind of um, register with people as well." If someone sees somebody going to church or or doing a blessing themselves before eating or something, it might trigger somebody to say, "Hey, you know, I used to do that." Or, and uh, I have seen yeah. that, and yeah. we actually do pray before, even when we go out to eat, we say a prayer. Yeah. But I've seen that, and it does does make an effect. Yeah. On that, uh, I I think it really does. A, a friend of mine, Father Frank McFarland, used to always use this analogy. He used it so much that I remember it today. <laughs> He'd always say it. He say it's like a shampoo commercial where, uh, and so on, and so oh, on, yeah, and yeah, so on. Yeah. Uh, but what he was really getting at is if you have something that you believe is really good and can help people, don't you want to tell them? Yeah. I mean, don't, don't you want to tell them? And here we have this new media. Well, we should use it. This has gone off on a totally different tangent, by the way, <laughs> than where, where it started. I'm, but... Yeah, I'm trying to reel you back in. You can't reel me yeah. back in. I am like the 800-pound tuna. <laughs> And the other thing, too, which goes into this whole aspect of the secular forces around people is um, the role of parents in their kids' lives. If the parents are caught up in doing other things and trying to, you know, get to one place or another or who have put God and faith on the back burner, then sure enough, 
the kids are going to be Why would the, the kids? Well, yeah, why yeah. would the kids do it? You know, so, I mean, you see so many times, uh, you know, w- w- with with these, I don't you know, I know Andrew just went through confirmation class. And, and believe me, I, I <laughs> it was hard sometimes to get him to go, when it was on Zoom, uh, you know, to make sure that he, you know, made it to the confirmation class and stuff like that. But get, try and take an interest in what they, what their kids are doing in don't just don't drop them off at the confirmation class and then take off or, you know, just, or ask them what, what, what happened to class or, you know, be involved in your child's faith formation. I, I don't want to be preachy, but, uh, you know, too late. I know, <laughs> but I, I think there's something lost there, um, with parents influence. And I think people get into this thinking that they don't have, um, the right to, to tell their kids or show their kids which way to go. And no, you're the first teachers of your children. Uh, it's I think, okay. To I think say, sometimes people are embarrassed, Kevin, because they feel that they don't know enough about their faith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I think the three best words are, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. Ethan or Amelia or James, if they ask me a question about faith and I don't know, I just say, I don't know. Let's look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens often. <laughs> But it's true. And, and you know, I, I think we, we get into this situation, too, where you hear a lot about parents just, you know, putting the kids to school and stuff and letting the teachers, letting people take care of them, coaches, kids, uh, you know, coaches, teachers, um, parents just letting others take care of their kids. Yeah. And I think there's that that plays into all this as yeah, well. Yeah. And don't be mad when your kid isn't like you'd like them to be that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. You take a I make sure that I go to almost everything. That my kids do that I can go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will. I will cancel things to make sure I go. Yeah. I, I quit a job so that I could take another job so I could watch one of my sons before and because it makes a difference. I'm happy about it. And it, and listen, teenagers can be tough, and they go, "Oh my gosh," but they, especially years later, they appreciate it because they know you love them. They know you're always there, and it, it, that always can't happen. By the way. Yeah, I mean, again, because people are so busy, but I agree. You you have to be, you have to know what your child's doing, be part of their life, and and mostly be a good example to them. Yeah. If if you if you just drop them off at confirmation, then you don't go to church. This would be a Catholic church for confirmation, but you don't go. Then then what are you telling them? Yeah. Why would why would after confirmation why would they go to church? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, Kevin, it's also true that we're out of time. So, Kevin, why don't you take us out? All right, Jay. Once again, thank you, everyone, for listening and joining us. And uh, we uh, ask you if you want to make a comment about this show or you have an idea for uh, a topic, please feel free to contact us, Kevin at Grexley.com or Jay at Grexley.com. Just, just the letter. Just the letter, Jay. Um, and we will be happy to get back to you because we love getting email and, uh, and we love talking about what you want to hear. So thanks for joining us on this edition of the K&J Show. And please join us again next time.